Okay, awesome. So we'll go ahead and get started. Um, I always like to start off with prayer. And also, um, I want to first thank you so much for joining us today. Um, this is something that has been brewing for a long time. And God ordered me and um, I finally stepped forward into doing what I was called to do, um, many areas, but this main specific one is very dear to God's heart because uh, we see single parents go through so much. And I myself as a single parent went through so many transitions, but didn't have information or didn't seek information. Let's say it this way, I didn't seek information. And sometimes we don't seek it because we don't know or because we're such in bondage. Um, we don't know how to come out. So um, I want to start first by um, reading a scripture that um, is specifically around this arena um, that I do read every time. Um, and that's Isaiah 61. And it says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that are mourn and to appoint unto them that uh, that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil for of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of righteousness the planting of the lord that he might be glorified and they shall build the old ways places and they shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair their way cities and the desolations of many generations Woo! when i read that out i'm ready to jump <laughs> I'm sorry. It is. It's a lot in there. It's a lot in there. It's a lot. So let's go ahead and get started. But I'm going to ask you to open up with prayer um, before we get started. Oh, um, I'm not really good at this, but I'll it's okay. Uh, thank you, Heavenly Father. I'd like uh, for you to take um, to bless us both and our audience. Um, lead me in what you want me to share and continue to bless us. Thank you. Amen. 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 So I like that scripture because there's so many that are bound. And no matter how we can say that people should come out of some, sometimes they're so bound that they need someone to come and help them to come out of that situation. And then he talks about the generation, rebuilding the generation. This is a time for us to rebuild the de generation, the desolation of waste places, places that were des deserted for so long. And when I think of when, when he showed me this scripture, it goes a lot, in fact, with our single parents because we are bound in a cycle that needs to be broken and we have to make the generation that's going forth we have to break that cycle that they don't continue this single parent cycle because the numbers are so high in single parents today that it's unbelievable and god has called us and when we come out because we're we're come out of that prison that bondage then now we teach others how to come out and that's what god is wanting us to do 
in this season. Um, when I started this, this is something that I had on my heart for a long time to do this show. Um, but of course I was nervous. I was scared, but it wasn't time as yet. You know, when it's time, because when you, when it's time and you begin to do it, everything is going to fall in line as to how God wants it to us. And also he will send the help that you need. Absolutely. And, um, I'm so glad Helena that you've joined us today. I appreciate you taking the time out, um, to join us. I want you to tell us just a little bit about yourself because one of the things why I ask single parents to come on the platform is not to just talk, tell your story so people can be sad or nothing. It's to show other women, that's why it's called I Am a Triumphant Butterfly, so we can show other single parents how they can triumphant over their situation. There's a disclaimer because you're a single parent, you suffer. That's not true. God wants to help us out of every arena of our lives. And he put people in places to help us. He put people in place to give us information and help us to walk this thing out. And we do not have to suffer. And, and my heart cries for single parents because when you see every day there's single parents that are suffering, suffering either an uh, absent parent has gone and left them alone. And it's a lot. As a single parent raising um, children in a household, it's a lot. I don't think people really understand. I know we all go through situations, but when you look at a single parent, the weight that they carry, God never intended one parent to carry that load. And so when one parent has to carry a load of two, it tilts them over. Sometimes they burst, they, they, they react, they just do things. You know, you see parents... Um, I remember the woman that went, uh, I think she drove off into the water in the beach um, in Daytona with her children in the car. But, you know, from the outside, well, first people would judge her and say, she's crazy. Why did she do that? What broke her? Because we don't begin to see the aspect of that thing of what broke her to get where she's at. Because she's carrying a load of a two-parent load that will break you. You Absolutely. will break sometime as a single parent. So I want you to just tell us about yourself and then we'll talk a little bit about your program and wealth because wealth is so important. Oh my gosh. You know, people think we don't need money. Oh, I'm just fine. No, I want the wealth because in order for me to go and build God's kingdom, I need money. I can't do this with my words only. I have to have money to build his kingdom with helping his people and bringing them out of bondage, you know? So tell us a little about yourself and who you are, Helena. Absolutely. Um, so before I start, first, thank you so very much for inviting me. That's the first thing. And then the <laughs> second thing is what you just said is packed with so much. And I'd like to be able to unpack some of that so, um, first, a little bit about me. Um, I am a single mom. From the time that my daughter was born, um, I've been a single mom. Um, part of that is how we're picking who we deal with. You know, and so you talked about generationally, right? And so, generationally, we're following examples of what's in front of us. So, good, bad, or indifferent, our parents have a huge effect on what an influence on what we do and how we do it so for instance um my mom was a single mom and she had three children but we all came out different from another 
So for me, when I looked at her, I saw strength. And I saw that, you know, it's I can't say she didn't need anyone because she worked so hard. And in all of that work that she put in, I found the opportunity to get some freedom that she would not she would not allow me. You get what I mean? Yes. And so so that's kind of how uh, the daughter came about. <laughs> um, so it was, it, there was a lot of stuff that I got into. And, you know, one of the things about being a single parent, we lack resources. And you talked about wealth. You know, we need wealth. It, you know, some people say, well, I, well, I, well, I don't need money. Um, I'm good. But the thing is, money is just a resource. Money doesn't make people right. good or bad. And you do need that resource because, you know, we talk about how much we love our families, how much we love our kids, and how much we need to provide. How can we possibly do that mm-hmm. if we don't need money? Money is just a resource. That's right. And so, you know, a, a lot of times, we, like I said, we, we get our information from, you know, watching the people around us. Yes. And a lot, there's a lot of bad messaging in that. It's not bad intention, but it's bad messaging. Yes. And so, you know, if you don't have, you make do. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of what happens is the prisons are in here, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so all of that comes from messaging. So about me, I had my daughter when I was 19 years old. So... I had no, I had no, um, hmm, no way to make a real living. You know, I, I hadn't gone to college. I did vocational school, and thank goodness I did. I got some skills to become a secretary, an executive assistant. But um, and 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 I thought I was going to go into accounting. So I thought that that's what I was going to go to college for until I I had a baby. But thank goodness I went to school. And did, um, and that, that was while I was still in high school. I did the vocational training because that was a skill that I was able to tap right into right out of high school. And so I never really made minimum wage, but I still didn't have real earning potential and I had real adult responsibility. Yes. So, so now I, I have a lot of guilt because I brought a baby into this picture. I have no means to take care of myself. How am I going to provide for her? What kind of life is this going to look like? And so, remember I told you that um, when I saw my mom, I saw her strong. Yes. So, because of that guilt, you know, I did not want to burden anyone else with my issues. And so, it stopped me from asking for help. And that was one of the other things you, you talked about, like, you know, the bondage that we have. Keeping silent is detrimental. Yes. It just is. You know, I just recently had a talk, and I talked about that. You know, we operate in these silos within middle class. And now silos is typically a work term that you hear. But we operate in those same silos within our demographic. And, you know, as a community of single parents, we have all experienced some kind of something, right? right? And we can be, we can share our experiences 
with others so that they can gain from it. Mm -hmm. But if you keep silent, you're suffering in silent. No one can offer a helping hand. And so that's why I say it's so detrimental. But because of all of the messaging that was around me of how I grew up, my mom, she worked two and three jobs. And like I said, that gave me opportunity to, to run around. So yes. when I had my daughter, for me, that was the first thing that came to mind. Mm -hmm. All of the stuff that I got into and why I was able to get into it. So I made a conscious decision when my daughter was a baby. I mean, like an infant to work two and three jobs to build up my earning potential so that when she was now a teenager, she didn't have the freedoms to get into the same things I got into because I would, I would have built myself up enough to have an earnings, um, to have earning potential enough to, you know, maintain the household and be able to provide and have some level of comfort um, so that, you know, she can't get into trouble. Now, I did, um, so I worked, I worked really hard. I, I started here in Jersey. I worked two full-time jobs at times. And it's funny because when I was in high school, I refused to work at any fast food places. It was just, it was beneath me, right? But I will tell you this, and my mom, she thought it was the funniest thing. She thought it was hilarious. Now, I worked full-time at the bank during the day, and then I went and got another full-time job at Wendy's. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, you know, you got to give up a lot of that, that pride thing <laughs> because you have responsibilities. Yes. You know, and so um, so then I tried to go to school full-time. So I was, I was working full-time. I um, was working full-time. And then, um, like, when things kind of got tight with my finances, then I had to leave school and go back to the second full-time job, whatever that was, right? And so it was a cycle until my daughter was about eight. So I'm 19, and that puts me around 27. And so yes. we talked about, I didn't realize I needed a budget until I was 27. Yes. So my mom had good money management skills, Sierra. You're standing in the, in the middle of the thing. Um, so my mom had good money management skills, but yes. she too did not have great earning potential. She came to this country as an immigrant and, you know, I don't know how soon she had children after she got here, but either way, she too was a single mom. Yes. You know, and so like like you said, it's generational now. And so so um I forgot I, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, 27, 27. So anyway, yes. so um so one day the light came on. And the light came on from a conversation that I was having with a client that called my job, right? So I was an assistant and I worked for uh, a sales team. And the guy was like, you fight so very hard for your company. And it hit me. I don't own this company. This is where I work. And I fight so hard for them. Why don't I fight this hard for me? Yes. And so, I, I don't know, like some of the lights just started coming on. 
And yes. so it, it, it allowed me to become um, my own assistant. Instead of just being now Helena Janot, now I became Helena Janot Incorporated. Because what I realized was in business, they have processes around things. They have a yes. set way, they document things. So like when a client calls, you can look at the records. Now, usually on the other side, which you is us in our personal lives, on the other side of that, they don't have the records. So right. when I tell them something, they just have to go with what I say because they don't have dates and times to document and say, oh, well, no, on this date, this is what happened, and on this date, but we have it. And so I learned that that works against us. And so I decided, nope, I am Helena Janot Incorporated. I'm going to be my own admin. And as hard as I fight for them, I'm going to fight for me. And so, like I said, a lot of lights started coming on because of it. And because those lights started coming on, um, that's where the budget thing came from. And so I was able to, like, look. And at that time, I was using my debit card to pay for everything. I went from um, having no credit to having bad credit. And when your credit is compromised, it costs you more in yes. everything you do. You either have to come up with straight cash, but even when you don't, uh, like car insurance, what does my driving skills have to do with my credit rating? Yeah. I am a responsible person. You know, at, I, mean, it, I had been driving for 20 years before I had my first car accident. So what does my driving skills, have to do with my credit it is just an opportunity to take advantage of a disenfranchised group you get what i'm saying to you yes. and so that's why this whole wealth thing is so important because it leaves you vulnerable yes i mean there's a there's a lot of reasons why but that credit thing is you vulnerable the other thing is so that was 27 um and so what I started doing was I took I took my my bank statement and I started looking to see what was happening. Where was all my money going? Now at the time I was only making about thirty eight thousand dollars a year, but um, I still needed to know what I was doing with my money because one the piece of one piece of that conversation I had with the the client was the CEO of the company made an eighteen million dollar bonus that year. And it let me see that you are spending like a wealthy person. You are sending wealthy people's kids to private school, like yes. on vacation and all of these things. While, you know, me and my daughter, my daughter's in public school and there's nothing wrong with public school. But my daughter's in public school. You know, I can't go spend the time out at her after school activity yes. because you know, I don't have the resources that I need. I need to be at work. And if we're supposed to put our families first, we are spending so much time at work. Like legitimately, I have 2.5 hours a day to myself on a work day. And that's to, you know, include family time. So we're not putting our priorities first, but it's because we lack the resources. Yes. So. So anyway, so um, I established the budget, and, and I don't know how I came with those numbers. And that's where, um, you know, that was God working through me. Yes. Because, you know, like I'm looking, and I said, I'm not going to pay any more than this for this, any more than this for this. I turned off the cable, and I think the only thing I left on was 
um, something basic because I had a kid. Or maybe I got some movies. I don't remember. But either way, I knew that I couldn't take away everything. But that was the highest expense aside from um, the rent, right? Right. So so I took, um, so I slashed that. Um, I had call waiting, three-way calling. That's when you have to take all the creatures on your phone individually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember well, those days. <laughs> you know, those things, I don't know if it was like status. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, no one calls me but bill, bill collectors. Why am I paying for these features? So <laughs> I just ripped them all off. My, I got my phone bill down to $22 a month. And wow. $11, $11 of that was tax. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, you know, but like I said, how did I, how did I come up with those numbers? It wasn't that I saw somebody else's, but like, and I made those numbers happen, but I slashed everything. And then that gave me the opportunity to now, and and I didn't have a cell phone. So it, it, it gave me the opportunity to now add a cell phone to the rotation and still after everything was paid, put $200 a month religiously in the bank but it was because of how i changed how i thought yes, about it yes you know what i mean so i became very much intentional and and i watched everything you know yes. um and so uh the next step was i called on my creditors well like i said i went from bad credit to um i mean so i went from no credit to bad credit yes and what does that actually look like so my first apartment in New Jersey, so this was way before I moved to Florida. Um, so my first apartment in New Jersey, I had no credit. So now my interest rate is high, right? Yes. I think it was like twenty four something percent. It was high. And I, I think I only borrowed like two thousand dollars, but um, with all of the responsibilities that I had, yeah. of course, I didn't make it through paying the entire two thousand. And so that was a ding against my credit. Um, and then I went to Bally's with my friend. Look, <laughs> if you want to get a gym membership, do not finance it. <laughs> I don't think they do that anymore anyway. No. But, but I went to I went to I went to Bally's and um, now I went to Bally's with my friend. I didn't even go to Bally's from a shop. <laughs> So I went to Valley's with my friend, and so somehow or another, they finagled me, and I got a three-year contract that <laughs> was on my credit. <laughs> anyway, so that was one of the things. And then uh, University of Phoenix. So, um, and I hope that these are helpful tips because these yes, are the things is. that they help, they, they mm-hmm. use against you, right? So University of Phoenix is a for-profit institution. So it's very different than going to a traditional, and I don't know if most colleges are not for profit, but this one specifically is a for profit. And the reason why I bring that up is because that bill ended up on my credit report as well. So I'll tell you how. Um, so I sign up, I'm going online, and I had done college courses before. I have 72 college credits. So I did not finish college. Um, and so, this was an opportunity for me to finish. So I, I take a course, it's I, it's like five weeks or whatever, and um, I applied for financial aid. So something happened, 
uh, because it's five weeks, the, the, the grades for each week are, are very heavy. So there was some kind of miscommunication between me, my teacher and I, yes. and she didn't, she didn't get an assignment, and she gave me a zero for the week. <laughs> now, I reached back out to her because, like, like, I'm vigilant with everything else. Like, time is not on my side. I already told yes. you I only have 2.5 hours a day outside of work to, like, really take care of yes. house and home. So now I'm committing part of that 2.5 to a class. So you're not going to give me no zero. They ain't going to work out. <laughs> so she, she gave me a zero. And we're, like, we're going back and forth. And so she says, you know what? You've been doing great in my class. It should be fine. Those were her words. Never listen to that. Do not listen to that. Go with your gut. Fight for what um, you know is right. Mm-hmm. So she says it'll be fine, you know, and, and she would not give me the grade, <clears throat> even though she saw the email. Either way, university is, the University of Phoenix is a for-profit school, and I don't know if that's what allows them to make their own rules. So the financial aid that was already approved that paid for the class now was rescinded. They took, they, I don't know if they sent the money back, but they did not apply it to my class. And now I have to pay for the class out of my pocket, which is like like fifteen hundred bucks or something like that. But when you're strapped for cash, or um, like I told you, I'm being very intentional with my money. Yes. And and even though I put two hundred dollars in the bank a month, I'm not just giving it to you. No, <laughs> we, like we had a contract. We worked this out, you know. And then now all of a sudden, so I let that sit on my credit for a little while, and then. Um, when I was being intentional with my credit, so I called all of my creditors and I said, yes. hey, look, you know, I need to be able to clean this up, so what can we do? And so a lot of them settled with me. And everyone settled except for University of Phoenix. And I had to straight pay that out. And so, um, but once I did all of that, um, then I started watching my credit like a hawk, right? Yes. So I got like, um, I decided that to build my credit, because I still had bad credit. Um, so to build my credit, <clears throat> oh, and I had a car payment. So I, I had a bunch of late payments on that. So um, so to build my credit. Like 1500 bucks or something like that. Sorry. But, yes. So to build my credit, now I said, you know what? I have the money to pay for my bills every month. But I still have bad credit. I need to apply for credit and try and filter my money through those credit cards and then pay the cards um, like I would have paid the bill anyway. So now I just added credit to the rotation. So I kind of like, um, I never let the balances sit. And I didn't get enough credit anyway to like pay all the bills, but I needed to be able to start establishing the credit. So I think it was like maybe like a two, three hundred dollar credit card, and then I would pay whatever bill with that credit card, and then pay the credit card every month, and then that way the bill, the credit started building, <clears throat> and so I started watching that credit like a hawk. <laughs> no one was going to put anything on that credit unless it was authorized by me. Yes, and so. Um, so I, I was in Florida for a while, and I decided I was going to move back to Jersey um, for a boy. <laughs> so I was, a, I was in Florida for like six and a half years, and this this boy, right, 
this boy I had dated um, years before, before yes. I moved to Florida, and like we had kind of stayed friends. We've had our fights here and there, but either way, that was the that was what prompted me to move back to New Jersey. Cause yes. I I like Florida. I miss Florida. I'll be Come back. On to back. Yes. Come on back. <laughs> Um, it's in the it's in the works. Like I'm, I'm it's, it's in the plan, but you know, I just have to get there. But like, you know, so um, so he had uh, he lived in Jersey, but uh, the 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 conversation could have been, oh well, you can come down here. But he also had an ill mother. She was elderly, and he had three brothers. They all live in the same community, so right. I can't just say, you know, bring your mother with you. So I said, the deal is, I'll move back to Jersey, and. Um, when it's time to buy a house, we'll move back to Florida. So to me, I felt like that was a compromise. Anyway, yeah. that's, what, that's what brought me back to Jersey. Um, but I, I, and I'll say I had been so independent at, by this point because, because like I said, once I started getting intentional around the finances and like watching everything and like seeing, like directing my money as opposed to just like, if you don't take control of it, it takes control of you. It's so, so true. So once I started doing that, now like I'm I'm independent. I don't really need to um, live with somebody else to manage my bills. But and there's no shame in having to do that. I'm just saying at this point I didn't have to. Yeah. And so when it came time to turn off the all of this stuff and give up the apartment because I was going to go live with him in, in New Jersey, I would like I was a bundle of nerves, you know, because you now know, go ahead. Not- not to cut you in, I'm glad that you said that key point right there because that's something good for single parents to hear because a lot of time as women or men, whoever it be, we feel as though as a single parent, I can't manage. I'm going to need somebody and we go and we take up anybody and then now we have a bigger issue than we did before. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because a lot of single parents need to understand that you can do this until it's that appointed time for you to go back into a relationship and understand that there's sources out there and you did it you said it you thought that well i needed him but realized that no i can do this by myself you know absolutely absolutely and the thing is you know i think that once you start looking at what you make and are more intentional and you are the driver of it instead of your bills being the driver then it gives you more um, authority over your household. You know what I mean? But either way, so the reason why I was so nervous when I had to turn everything off. Now, like I said, no one calls me. I talk to my mom all the time at the time. (laughs) No one called me. I don't know why, but my first thought was, how's anybody going to find me? You know, like... (laughs) Cause you know you used to used to be able to call. Um, is it four one one and yes. give, give the person's name and then um, they'll give you the phone number. And and my first thought was, no one's gonna know where I am. <laughs> but either way, so then when I went and I lived with him, so now my plan was I was going to bank one paycheck every month and I would live off the other paycheck, right? You know, because yes. I was contributing to the household. But now my bills were going to be half, and I'll make more living in, in New York. So I moved to Jersey. I started working in New York, and I went from making 38000 to making fifty one. 
Now, wow. I would have been making 65, but that job fell through. And so, you know, I, I need to get back to work. I'm not used to being, yes. you know, a burden on somebody else, which we need to get rid of that mindset as well. Mm-hmm. When you need help, you need help. Speak up. Yes. Either way. So I had to, I, I rushed to go back to work. So now my earn is now 51. And so I was going to bank one check. And so like half my money was going to go into the bank. Now that was a, a good idea in theory. Now the reason it went wrong is because um, we started fighting almost immediately and I moved out. <laughs> <laughs> I moved out because, um, you know, I, I think that at some point I had gotten so used to being on my own mm-hmm. and I had become too strong. And I think that that's a bad thing as well. Yes. And so, you know, you talked about the generational things and, mm-hmm. and I think that we all need to seek counseling, you yes. know, and, and counseling is not a bad thing. I think that first we don't know what we don't know, but we don't know that what we're doing to to contribute to the things that are happening to us. Mm-hmm. And so when that happens, like like I said, like I this was we we had a previous relationship, and when we were in a previous re- relationship, we were in a good relationship until like you know we did separate, but we stayed on good terms because. Here and that was years later. I mean, almost 10 years later. Yes. And, you know, we were friends the entire time. And then I got back with him. But I think that I couldn't let go of my independence. And yes. so it broke our relationship. You know, you know, you know, there. I, so that I think that that's an important lesson because when we are single parents, like we give ourselves completely to our children and mm-hmm. we lose ourselves. And so I remember, so I stopped dating after that. Like, um, I, you know, um, there was a situation, but I, uh, um, so I stopped dating after that. And I decided I wasn't going to date till my daughter was 18. And I think at that time she was only 11. And so, so I got comfortable in my singleness. And now when it was time to go out and talk to people, like it, I had a wall up. I was so afraid to let yes. people in, and so, um, so that was another transition. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think that we need to be able to talk about things because, in talking to a counselor, what they do is they let you see your perspectives from a different perspective. They let you see how it it hurts or helps, Mm -hmm. you get what I mean? And they kind of try and dig up where it came from. And so you still have to be able to do the work because no one can make you do anything. Mm -hmm. But some of those things really work against us. Um, So anyway, so um, I uh, left corporate, uh, I I decided to get into real estate and that was around uh, 2010. So the real estate market crashed and I'm sorry, the whole economy crashed in 2008. That was the whole financial crisis. And so, um, you know, housing was, the housing market was horrible. And I figured while the market is still down, because I always wanted to get into real estate, 
while the market was still down, let me go out and learn how to, to, to do real estate and how to show houses and how to talk to people because it was a skill that I didn't have. It yeah. was something I always wanted to do, but it was a skill that I didn't have. And so I figured, while I, I can get, I can get, excuse me, um, proficient while the market is low and, you know, no one's really buying or whatever. And then when the market bounces back, you know, I'll be good at this thing. And, you know, <laughs> and so, so that was the plan. So I, I did real estate education. Um, well, sorry, no, I didn't do real estate education yet. I just went to real estate school and um, to get my license. And to get your license, they don't teach you anything about real estate. What they teach you is the law so you can stay licensed. So it, it really has nothing to, like, after I finished, I got my license, I still didn't know a colonial from a, um, from a ranch or anything else. You get what I mean? Yeah. And so that you kind of like learn, you're supposed to learn in the office. Mm -hmm. And I still what didn't, I still was not able to do that um, because um, it depends on who you decide to work with. Your broker, your broker is supposed to take you in and teach you things. Well, my broker didn't teach me anything. And so like, I was still green and I said, oh, can we like do some role playing? And I'm saying this for a reason. Oh, can yeah. we like do some role playing? Because, you know, I still needed to be able to learn. Like, I don't want to get out here and now have to do a contract and don't know what I'm doing. And she right. says, oh, you know, I, I always talk about doing some kind of training and, but no one wants to do it. I'm like, I'm here every weekend, you know? And so, um, so the reason why that's important is because, because I couldn't get the education from her, now I decided to do the real estate investing education. So it was this commercial that was on TV, it was on the radio, it was on the internet, it was in my email, like every time I turned around, it was just in my face. They were yes, marketing yes. to you, right? And so then they start saying like, you know, um, anyone can do this. And so when they're following you around like that, it's because, um, Th that marketing is to speak to you. There's mm -hmm. something in it for them. And the something that was in it for them was $35,000 of my money. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so they ain't paying for all that advertisement for nothing. <laughs> and so, so it's funny because I have no regrets about spending the money. I don't. Yeah. Um, it's a skill that no one can take from me. I know it inside and out. I was able to make money off of, off of it itself, and then knowing the processes, I was able to build a system around it, and you know, share that with other investors. But, um, but real estate has its ups and its downs. Besides the market, um, some of that money can be long. And as a so, um, after I did that, like my life started going like this. And I'll explain what I mean. So I was so excited. I'm like, I can make this money back in one deal, right? Which yes. is true, you can. You can make that money back in one flip. Um, but I didn't do a flip. And so like, I was so excited, I was gung-ho, and um, I had spent so much money, and so I had gotten like a $12,000 tax return that year, right, the, the following year. So when I got that money back, I decided, you know what, I have a skill, you know, I know what to do, now I just have to get into the market. Mm -hmm. So I decided that 
this was my little nest egg. My household bills are about $4,000 a month. So I can use that for at least three months in theory, right? For at least three months. And if it doesn't go well, I can always go back to work because I had also studied how to interview because that's one thing that we, I think that most people don't do. Like if, um, in interviewing other assistants, yes, people cannot articulate their skills. They may be good at it, but in an interview, you need to be able to articulate what it is you do. Why do you bring value? You know, why are you so good at what you, what you do? Why should I pick you instead of all of these other people that are out here? That's right. So, so anyway, so, um, so I was like, you know, I'm marketable. And, you know, I've had these jobs and, I mean, I had this job. And, and so I'm like, jump, you can always come back. And so I uh, eventually ended up partnering with somebody and they didn't have my best interest at heart, but it was all also a lesson. Yes. I mean, it, it, it helped me understand that not everybody is like me. And what I mean is like, I'm a very giving person, you know, I'll give you the shirt off my back. Yes. And, but the thing is I, I like, I also come with a temper. Like, I'm all happy all the time until I flip. And then when I flip, it's like the extreme opposite, right? <laughs> and so, <laughs> so anyway, so, um, and, and I usually flip when I think somebody is trying to take advantage of me, you know? And so, um, so I got out there, my house went into foreclosure the first time because I was not making any money in, although I was putting a lot of work out. And so... I tried to stay true. I was like, you know, this real estate thing is going to pan out. It's going to pan out. It's going to pan out. But the thing is that real estate money is kind of, um, it takes a long time. It's a process. Yes. You know, especially because most people buy their house with credit. So mm -hmm. mortgages, right? Yes. And so there's a whole process to, so it's not like they make the offer one day and they close the next day or in a week or two. It's a 45 day typically a 45 day period and then like the house has to be on a market and you may take plenty of people to see it the house may or may not sell right away and either way um so i'll, I'll share a story with you i while i was in hardship um this one family was losing their house to foreclosure the um the mother had a reverse mortgage so that's the house they grew up in the mother had a reverse mortgage. She didn't take out all of the equity in the house, but she took out a portion. And so they had to be able to repay that portion that she took out or they had to sell it. Right. And one, one of the kids still lived in the house and everybody else was, you know, all these different places or whatever. So, so they were going to lose the house to foreclosure. And so they asked me to step in. I came in. They had an offer on the house pretty much right away. I think maybe like three days. So um, so I'm like hand-holding the process because I need this money, right? And so it's maybe going to be like around $9,000 commission, something like that. So I need this money. And so I'm waiting. And so we're at the end. I think we're supposed to close like Monday. Mm -hmm. That was everything that was, you know, down on paper. And so they were asking for now another concession. Now, how are you asking for, like, we've been through um, attorney review. You've done an inspection. Like, you know, we went back and forth already. And now you're asking for something else. And so either way, 
um, the, the, the sellers were not down for that concession. And they weren't down for half of it. Like, so there was no negotiating what can save this deal. And legit, they were like, sell us off. Remember, I'm still waiting on this money. Yes. Yes. So we all, like, we all, like, in a tight space right now. <laughs> you, the clock is against you because you're going to lose this house. The clock is against it's me against because you I have my money. own bills. Yes. You know, <laughs> and so, so that's why I said, like, um, you know, real estate money is it's not quick. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so eventually that house did sell, and even that, like the we we got another seller, almost, I mean another buyer, almost right away. But even that deal, like no legit, I'm like the day they're supposed to close, the the buy, I mean the buyers came from Spain to come to the closing table, and my sellers would not show up. So a lot of things can happen in real estate. Yes. Like deals fall apart all the time for all kinds of reasons. And yes. so, um, so that's that. But uh, either way, so uh, so there's money in real estate, but th you can lose your money in real estate, and that's why I had no no problem paying that thirty five thousand dollars because mm -hmm. you don't know what you don't know. Like some people will try and get in and flip a property and have no idea how to get the team together, how to assess the, the value of the house, how to assess the damages. And so you're putting in way too much money and now it's costing you instead of making you money. So that's why I have no no regrets about that. Anyway, so this is not about real estate. This is about, you know, wealth. But you know, that just happened to be one that's of the part, yes. you know, mm -hmm. I experienced. So um so I left corporate three times. Uh so the last time before I, went, I decided to go back to work, I had another bad partner. You know, we we parted ways, but I was not ready to go back to work. I was like, I have other skill sets. I am going to help small businesses. So um, as my, in my job as an admin, what I found helped me, like, so sometimes we'll work late. And what I found was, the reason you have to work that extra overtime is because you have no structure in your space. Mm -hmm. And so I I came up with a structure and every day I'm out of here by five o'clock. Everybody else working till nine, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I decided that I was gonna bring that same structure and that system that I told you that I learned. Yes. And um, that, that uh, so I, I used to build systems for real estate, um, sorry, people, uh, real estate investors, but now I'm going to do that for small business. Yes. And small businesses fail too. And they fail like at an alarming rate. And I'm such a champion of the underdog. Like, mm -hmm. I, like I see the fight in you. I see the yes. struggle in you. And I think that that was, I think that that comes from my mom having to work so hard. Yes. And, yeah. you know, all of the things that people took advantage. So anyway, so I am a champion of the underdog. And so... Small businesses within the first two years will fail at like 30%. And then the, in five years, 50% of them will be out of business. In 10 years, 60% of them are. So like, I'm like, okay, I think I know the problem. And I started researching and a lot of it is around business administration. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna help you establish process. So I would go in, I would talk to the owners and um, find out what is your vision? Like, what do you wanna accomplish? Yes. And I would talk to their managers. 
what's your objectives? What like what is it that the owner put on your shoulders that you need to get out of your employees? And then I would talk to the employees like what's not running smooth here? Because, you know, some, you know, sometimes uh, the direction when it comes like this, they don't care how you get it done. Just get it done. They don't care about the problems. But they don't want no problems. You get what I'm saying yes, to you? Yes. And so the client experience is, you know, there are errors. So like I paid my money for this, but this what you sold me is not what I got. So like yes. there's communication errors going all through this place. Yes. But bottom line, it's about communication. Mm-hmm. I mean, life if you look at life in general and everything that we do, the keys are relationships, communication, and finances. That's mm-hmm. the whole secret. And so, so anyway, so I was able to do that. But um, small businesses don't like to pay for their services as well. Yeah. So eventually I went back to work. But before I went back to work, I joined a wealth building network. And so um, it like like my eyes were opened. And I've, I had never been much of a reader. Um, but I have to grow myself. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I have some innate talent, but that talent is not enough to get you, get you through. And that's why people look at us to take advantage of us. Yes. You know what I'm saying to you? Mm-hmm. So, like, they see what they can get out of you, but they're not mm-hmm. adding value to you. And so mm-hmm. you're still stuck where you work until now somebody takes you under their wing because you've opened your mouth and said, you know, these are the troubles in my life. You know, these are the hardships that I'm facing. Or even if it's money, if it's family, you know, a lot of times we'll stop talking to somebody because they piss us off, right? And so mm-hmm. you'll cut off relationships. And look, you might not be the best of friends, but cutting off the relationship is not the answer either. You know, communication is big. Mm-hmm. But either way, um, so I joined this wealth building group and I had a lot of work to do. And so one of the things they asked me was, what is my vision for my life? Like, what do you want to accomplish? And like, I had gotten to a place where I was so comfortable financially before I started like getting into business and real estate and all that stuff. I had gotten to a place that I was so comfortable that shopping was my hobby. You know, like legit, anytime there was a sale, 45% or more, I was on it. (laughs) (laughs) And and the thing is, I didn't need anything. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, like, it's 45%, it's 50, it's 60. Yes, it sounds good. Yes, but no, mm -mm, don't do it. Anyway, so, and, and you know, and I said that I was comfortable because I was able to put money in the bank every month, right? I was able to go on vacation a couple of times a year and, and my bills were all paid. So I thought, you know, this is it, but no, because God forbid there was an emergency and there was an emergency. I'll tell you about it. God forbid there's an emergency. Like, do you have enough stashed away to cover the emergency? And then right. what if there's more than one emergency? You get what I mean? And so mm-hmm. like, we have to like, no, you are like, Now, and and I think the most dangerous thing about that whole thing is that I thought that I was in such a good place that I was really in harm's way. Because when you don't know, like you think that, oh, everything is good. Now, when life starts to happen to you, you're you're in even more trouble than when you were struggling. 
Like when you, you're struggling, you're at least looking and trying to find solutions in your life and you're trying to get to the next level. When you're comfortable, now you're like a sitting duck because yes. you're just like, um, your blinders, I mean, your blinders are up and like, you're not aware of things that are pointing at Coming you. Yeah. So anyway, so what happened was, so, and it happened so quickly. So I bought my house in 2008 and, um, in 2009 I got, uh, central air. Cause, no, sorry. First I got new windows, all new windows. So the old air conditioners didn't fit my windows anymore. So now I have to get central air or find another way to cool the house. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, de I decided to get central air and I got into this huge fight with the contractor. I mean, it was horrible. Like he reached out to my job. We ended up in court. I sued him, but either way. Um, so that happened right after that happened now my daughter so um something had been going on and I, I didn't know what was happening so initially when i bought this house i said you know i'm gonna send her to boarding school and because i didn't want her to go to the local high school that's the high school that i went to and yes. it was because i didn't want her to go there because everybody was there and i knew that like for me i i'm very social and i um I tend to gravitate towards the kids that, you know, don't always do the right thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think we've all been there, so. <laughs> I decided that, like, I, uh, you know, if I sent her to boarding school, especially because she was an only child, I felt like if, if the kids are outside playing and she can't go out and enjoy whatever that is, because she didn't do what she was supposed to, that'll have a much bigger influence on her. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, so that whole thing was a disaster. She was there for about two months and I ended up bringing her back home. So I brought her back home. And then when she came here, they like somebody kept saying, like, I think she is, uh, she has depression. So all of it, like I said, I bought the house in 2008 and like, this is like one thing right after another. So anyway, so, um, so that year I took a partial leave of absence, right? Um, so I would take days that I needed, no, actually I took three months off to get her to and from school. Long story short, she ended up needing to go to the hospital and I didn't find that out until her ninth grade year. So she got about that ninth grade year was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. So she, in, um, towards the end of the school year, she ended up in the hospital. She was gone for a year and a half. So mm -hmm. then that happened. And while she was still gone, um, I had stopped speaking to my mom. Like we had a hot and cold relationship. She was my best friend. When things were good, they were great. But we both have hot heads. Like I have a lot of her temperament, hot heads. And so when we would clash, we both just stopped speaking to each other. Yeah. And so. <laughs> So when my daughter ended up in the hospital, I wasn't speaking to my mom. My aunt called me to tell me that um, they found a mass. Oh like, my God. And so, um, so of course, like all anger, no, like nothing else matters. Like, you know, yes. I, I go to her, right? And so um, that was November uh, 2010. And um, she was ultimately diagnosed with colorectal cancer. And mm. they gave her six months to live, and she Jesus. died in April. 
So oh my God. when when that happened, um, now my sister lives in Florida. She lives in uh, near West Palm Beach, right? And I'm here in Jersey. My mom was down the street and around the corner. And my brother lived with her, but he has his own issues. So he was dependent on her. So he can't help her. And um, ultimately, at one point, my mom was not going to be able to be home alone. Mm-hmm. And in trying to figure out that solution, like, yes, I'm in a comfortable place, but I st- I'm still dependent on my income. And that's yes. why I said, like, I was a sitting duck because I wasn't, you know, like, you think that you're in such a good place. You got your yes. money, it's okay. But... Um, so I didn't know what was going to happen. I knew she couldn't be home alone. And so I had been paying extra payments towards my mortgage. And so I called the mortgage company to see, I said, look, this is what's going on. Um, is there any way we can reallocate the extra payments that I had been making? Because I'm not going to be able to go back to work and I don't know how long or whatever. The answer was no. So, and I can't tell you what to do in your business. So, you know, I can't be mad at their answer, but I still need to be able to figure things out. And this is a person who sacrificed for me, who, you know, worked all those hours for me. This should not be a question of my job or my mom. This should not be a question of that at all. But it became the question. So when things got really bad, I I just went to work and I said, look, I don't know when I can come back. This is what's going on. And um, I don't know. Yeah, my my manager didn't know she was diagnosed. So anyway, so I said, this is what's going on. And I need to be there for my mom. So I happen to have a great manager. He said, log on to the computer. You don't have to do anything. But once a day, just do that and don't worry about it. Wow. Look at God. For real. So, but I got home that evening and my mom passed away. Jesus. Yes. So, you know, I think part of what's important about that part of what I'm sharing with you is relationships are everything like i like i said we wasted a lot of time fighting when we fought and we fought about nothing you get what i'm saying yes yes and so now the closest person to me i took for granted that she would always be there and she's gone um the other thing is the emergencies you know like you think that you're in a good place and you know financially you'll be okay look my mom was young when she passed away but at the end of the day, um, it's not if your parents are going to need you. It's when they're going to need you. And so the way that life is set up right now, our school systems are not designed to prepare us for life. Even That's if right. you go off to college. You know, like when you look at life and all of its responsibilities and what to expect and what you need to prepare for, it's, you know, you're here now and today. Your quality of life for here now and today. Mm-hmm. saving for retirement or at least planning for retirement because I, I honestly believe that you can't save enough because you don't know how long you're going to live or if you're going to die before you get what I'm saying to you yeah, I understand. So yeah. you need to put yourself in a place where you're generating income beyond your being able to show up to the job mm-hmm. and so um, so there's planning for that then your elderly parents you know, you might say, well, I'm just 20 and my parents are like in their 50s, 60s or whatever, you know, but still, it's not if, it's when. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying to you? And so it, you can't plan 
there's there's no too soon to plan. So there's that. Then there's stabilizing your adult children. Because, I mean, I left home several times. I think we talked about that. I left home several times. But I left home and I I wasn't earning enough or I wasn't in a financial position enough to be able to sustain that. So I ended up back home with my mom. And I was back and forth for a while. I think before I actually was able to get stable, um, I moved, I had like five different apartments, you know, and that's that whole getting yourself together. Well, we're trying to break these generational curses. Mm-hmm. So we need to, we need to be able to educate our children and yes. help our children so that they get into a place where financially they too are generating income and not dependent yes. on, um, on earning income. And the reason why that's important is because our economy is so shaky. Every six to 10 years, there is some sort of financial event, right? So, so f- some kind of crisis that we're in. And so that looks like layoffs. And businesses, companies that we work for, it's not about you doing the right thing. You know, I didn't do a good job. They are about their bottom line. They are in business yeah. for a profit. So if that means cutting back expenses, Guess what your salary is? It is an expense and Mm -hmm. it is easily cut. You get what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what does that mean for your household? I faced three different um, foreclosures here. And I will tell you the first time I went through the process, it would like, I, like I could not sleep. Like I would be up all day. I, you know, I'd, I'd be in the business working and busting my butt. And I would, I, like, I was so stressed, I, I, I would be tired that I would pass out. But 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm up because my mind can't get off of my problems. And so, and, and like I told you, I worked so hard for my credit. My credit score is, like, plummeting and, like, all of these things are happening. And this is on my heart. It's on my head. That's my peace of mind. Stress mm-hmm. kills people. So, either way... All of this is important because, yes, you need money. Money is a resource. That is all it is. It doesn't make you good. It doesn't make you bad. Now, if you're a bad person, you will do bad things. But if you are a good person, you will do good things. But either way, we need to be in a place where we are comfortable. We are establishing a fulfillment in our lives where there is balance, where we can help the next person. And so that wealth building group, that's what it it taught me. It gave me such different perspective. And uh, I will tell you, I had to grow myself. You know, um, so when they asked me about my vision, of course, it wasn't about um, houses and cars. Like for some people, it is. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I like, especially if we're talking about you know, uh, relationships are important. Your finances are important. Like I thought financially, you know, what, you know, however I end up doing, like when they told me to create my vision, it wasn't a house or a car, like, or like, I have no idea where in the world I will end up, like where I want to live. I know I want to live well, but when I, when I talk about my vision, like the first thing is to get my temper under control like Mm. that's what's important to me 
The second thing that's important to me, like I told you, I am all about the underdog, right? And so I see these distressed communities. When mm. I when I went into um, to partnership with that first guy that I told you, um, yes. when I went into partnership with him, he did economic development work. So he brought me into communities that I had never been in. Yes. I mean, I'm talking about South Warden, Newark. I'm talking about Trenton, Camden. Like, and it's funny because um, they had bought 12 lots in the South Ward. And um, so I had did the real estate investing thing. So now I have a whole network of real estate investors that I know. Um, and I, I said, you know, we can tap into them, you know, because I'm sure that they'll want to do yes. the community. But the thing is, is the community thriving enough for them to go into? There's a reason why they didn't go there. There's no money there, right? So you have to be able to do that work some kind of different way. So they had bought three vacant lots and they were going to build um, new units on those vacant lots. But when, um, so when we went to drive around the community, um, I'm looking, I had never seen anything like that before in my life. And I remember I used to um, say, I wanted to, you know, rebuild this community. Like there's no abandoned houses here, but in comparison to let's say Cranford or Westfield, like when I look, I look and I see affluence there, right? Like you can look at the community and see that there's money there. And here I'm like, well, you know, we need to work on ourselves aesthetically. So to me, like after, I mean, before I went to those communities, after I went to the community, that seems so shallow because yeah. now I saw something completely different. What I saw, like legitimately. So I, I, so I said to, I said to the guy, okay, I, I get you building new units here. I said, but if I had money to buy a house, even if I lived here, if I had money to invest into a house to buy in a house, why would I buy the house here? Like, and so he says, well, can you help us? And I said, absolutely. So I went and I started surveying the neighborhood in a. Um, six block across four blocks um down that's uh um there were over a hundred houses and they i mean i say over because i only took pictures of a hundred there were over a hundred houses that were vacant and abandoned in between houses where people live and i had never seen anything like that before and i remember coming back home and i started looking at my community and i started crying because i'm mm. like you know, I, t I take for granted all of the work that I put in. I take yeah. for granted, like, and and so in my vision, my vision is to fix that. And, yes. and I don't mean like, you know, so typically an investor will find um, a thriving community and like he'll find a, a diamond in a rough within that community. So it might be a vacant house in a thriving community, and that's the house that he will buy and turn it into a profit. But the distressed neighborhood is my goal. And I don't want to come in like an investor and push the people now out who have lived in here when they were here when this was a bad neighborhood. What I want to be able to do is um, teach and empower these people that within yes. these communities to and, and I, I i got a, a, another secret weapon in my pocket right so um, <laughs> i found out about a, a, a mortgage company that their focus is lower income people and so um most most programs 
are like subsidies, right? And they have like all of these, um, I can't think of the word right now, but like all of these restrictions on your property. This program is completely different than that. And so when I look at the program, I'm like, okay, you know what? So that's the, that's the program that we're gonna use in conjunction with these communities. So I wanna be able to teach you, you know what? You don't, this, this is, this is, you don't have to settle for this. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. you, like, I'm going to show you how to go through the process so that this is your money that you're putting to work for you instead of a, now an investor coming in, putting in their money, raising up the value of the properties, and now you can't afford to live here anymore. I'm be. going to show you how to bring the value to your community with your money Mm -hmm. And now when the problem, when the community appreciates, that is your equity. Like no mm -hmm. one, has, no one can say to you, oh no, well, you know, you can only profit 10% of, no, Th there's all of these restrictions that keep us pigeonholed. And that's why I said, like talking to each other is important yes. because how do we break that? Like, like you said, we're trying to break a generational curse that's against us. And if we're following the same examples that we had and our eyes aren't open to different possibilities, yes. what the the real limitations are in here. Oh yes. And that's where the, you know, talking to people, that's where the counseling comes in. And that's where, you know, um, I, like I said, I didn't read before. And I can't tell you in the past year and a half how many books I have read. Mm. How many things that I have learned. And so for me, my goal is to to pass along what I've learned from the wealth building group to the community. Because yes. I want that to be available to the masses. And, you know, it's funny. So um, it's about being creative. You get what I'm saying to you? Yes. Because there there is a, an equation. So I'll give an example. So... When I did the whole real estate investing education, so the, the, the formula goes, you find a property, and then you kind of figure out what the after repair value is gonna be, the repair values, and, um, and then that's how you pick the house, and that's how you decide how much you're gonna pay for the house. Because your, your profit really is in how much you can get the house for, and then everything else you build up, right? And then there's the, fixing up process so there has to be money in it for that right and then there's an end buyer who's going to mm -hmm. buy now this appreciated property at the inflated um cost now because we've added value to the house so now the value of the house is different than it was and then that's where our profits come in so if the pieces is property rehab and then end buyer for me money was an issue so it's about being creative and i say that for a reason so it's about being creative. So I said, if these are the three pieces, if I can get the, the property and I can get the buyer, now the buyer's money can pay for the property and that saves. You get what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So yes. now I can act as a project manager and I can teach you all of the pieces that you need to, know, to learn, but this is your property. And now yes. you have added equity into this property. Mm -hmm. So the reason why that's important is because Look at society at large. What the game is, and so I have all kinds of statistics. I won't bore you with all of the details, but a lot of us are living paycheck to paycheck. A lot of us can't make ends meet. A lot of us can't afford an emergency. 
A lot of us don't have savings in the bank. So all of these things, like what causes that? And so when I look at the game of life, what's happening is money transference. And all that means is buying and selling. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what makes the world go round, buying and selling. That's it. And so if, you, if, if that's the game and businesses are selling a product and or a service. Yes. Right? So the formula for business is, and that's all you need for, for business. You need whatever you're selling, how you're getting it to them, and who you're selling it to. Mm-hmm. So product and or service, distribution, and consumer. Mm-hmm. We, we are consumers. That's all we do. We don't sell, we don't buy things for resale. We buy things to consume. Mm-hmm. And so 70% of all U.S. economic activity is consumer spending. People are studying us all day long. Like I told you, Fortune Builders was following me all over the place. When I found out that, like once I found out that, the, you know, real estate investing was a thing, then I found a community and people were like, oh, you didn't have to pay all that money. You could have came to us. I didn't know you existed. <laughs> why they are studying the market that's why they put out all of that advertising you yes. know what I'm saying to you and so so if the, if you need those three components for business if you have no consumers you have no business that means there is value in us there mm-hmm. is value in consumption and being a consumer so we can play a different type of game now we can partner with a manufacturer distributor and cut out a whole lot of things that leaves profit in it for us. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying to you? Yes. So, yes. so like I said, if, if those are the three components and now typically how the market works, there's this whole supply chain. So there's the, the businesses, their piece of it, right? Getting their product and services ready for market. But now it's ready for market. Now they go get a broker. They get a wholesaler, they get a retailer, and then there's consumer. So mm-hmm. we're at the bottom of the food chain, and we pay for all of it. Yes. Not, you, you get what I'm saying to you? Mm-hmm. So just like in the housing game, when I said there's the house, then there's the money to fix up the house, and then there's a like, we just have to be creative about how we engage, what we do with our money. Instead of just spending our money to consume and throwing it out the window, no, we need to put our money to work for us. Mm-hmm. That is so. That is so true. You said a lot. <laughs> wow. Um, I, I'm so appreciative for you bringing that to um, the forefront because I think that's something we ask our culture is lacking in a lot. And I say that because I have to point the finger at myself first because I I'm now growing more in learning all of these different aspects, especially where I'm putting my money. You know, I didn't even know that where I'm putting my money because you think as you putting your money in the savings account oh i'm doing great i have it in the state no you're not you know so i'm actually learning a lot of different aspects when it comes to my money and i'm growing more and more and i think as a single parent it's so important because i've i'm seeing
thing where they're going into these low community and kicking them out because they cannot afford to to pay whatever now they have upscaled that price on that property so what you're saying is factual and i'm so glad that you have stepped up to change that because they're being kicked out of their domain they're this this is their this is where they've been for so long and now here you come you're telling them that they have to leave and i see it happen here i've seen it happen in communities where you've seen um people live there for so many years and here comes these um builders now coming in and kicking them out or even giving them a certain amount just to buy their property when they're now gonna invest in it and make more on it and it, it's a, it's so sad. And when I see that, that breaks my heart because I said, wow, we have really been shammed for so many years and we don't realize it. And one of the key factors you said is about educating ourselves. That is so important. You said you read a lot of books. Um, that thing is important because we as a culture in our community don't read. We know the latest fashion we know the latest talk show we but we cannot sit down and intellectually have a conversation because our mindset is not conformed even the bible tells us the bible tells us to be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind yes. and because we don't renew our minds mm -hmm. i think even religious people take this scripture out of context yes. and don't understand the depth of what he's trying to say he's not just talking about reading this word and understanding he's talking about in a whole total renew this mind yes change yes. it change it yes get the word in it also yes that's the number one get this word but also renew it from the way you used to think the way you used to speak the way you used to act like you said you have a hot temper you're renewing your mind you said you got a vision because you're trying to re resolve your mind from changing from that temper and we as a culture especially as a single parents that's the main thing we need to do is renew our minds every single day and i think with me that's one of the things i had to learn you talk about university of phoenix yes i i, I was there i had a bill with them because <laughs> i was going for psychology <laughs> and they got me too so i understand so I think as single parents, in order to even break generational cycles, the main key factor is is actually transforming our minds from the, the way we used to think, the decisions. I made horrible, I will admit, I'm not gonna lie, I caused those cycles on myself, you know? I always hear people say, well, God allow me to go through this. No, I made those bad decisions. God didn't want me to go through that. He said in his word, above all, I wish that you will prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospering. So that means if I obey his word, all those things I will incubate in my life. But because of my bad decisions and going my own way uh, against his word and what he told me, because his word is here to help us. His word is not here to constrain us in this jail cell it's so we can live a prosperous life and our soul prosper be in good health our mind is we're happy joyous mm -hmm. you know because what's the sense if you're not living that and you're going and tell people that oh i serve god but you're broke oh i serve god but well, i'm saying this about what you, you know <laughs> it's so important what you just said because you know just like our children grow up and they learn different lessons from yes. experience you know you had to go through those things because 
how else were you going to learn? Mm-hmm. But now if you share your story, your experiences, now I, I, I know firsthand our kids don't necessarily listen to us, but other kids will listen to us. Yes. You get what I'm saying to you? Uh-huh. And so that's why community is so important. You know, because, you know, where you one kid might not talk to this, their parents, they'll mm-hmm. talk to other adults within the community. And we can share our experiences with them. Why? Because um, there's a saying that says a smart person learns from their experiences. A wise person learns from somebody else's experiences. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So oh, community, yeah. collaboration, vision, intentionality, you know, those are the things that we, we need to focus on. We need to focus on being um, outcome focused. And so yes. that's why what you're saying, and I'm glad that that's why you have this forum. Because without this forum, like, we would still be in those silos, keeping our pain, our, because um, a lot of times we're embarrassed about it, right? So it's keeping true. our secrets that are killing us, mm-hmm. that are working against us, that's why. Everything you just said, I mean, I'm on board with. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, you're perfect. Before you got away, man, I just wanted to... No, that's why we're here to talk, and and this is the why. This is the reason. One of my goal is to help us as in a total, and by us coming on here, because a lot of times you're right. There are people that don't want to share their secret, and I, I I'm gonna attest to that. There's times I don't even want to ask for help. There's times I didn't want to, but I've learned now that even though I, when, if I do ask for it, I have to allow the Holy Spirit to lead me because Absolutely. when I would have asked for help before, those help would either talk about you, belittle you, or disgrace you. So we have to know how to use wisdom as well when asking for help and when we should seek someone to tell about ourselves because you still have to be very careful when you tell what's going on because not every Everybody is able to handle what you're going through or being receptive or compassion or to give you some type of formality of how to fix it. Because some people I've learned when I have opened up, they go and they disgrace you. You hear it back and you hear it from this person, but we're breaking that cycle. We're, 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 the other thing about being careful with who you share with, the other thing about that is can this person really help you? Right. You know what I'm saying to you? Yeah. So, like, um, if there's a difference between just venting and asking for help. Mm-hmm. And if you're just venting, you know, then, yes, you know, talk to your inner circle. But if you are looking for a solution, mm-hmm. yes, be open and have conversation. But be careful who you talk to because if they have bad results, the advice they're going to give you are going to get mm-hmm. you bad results. Right, absolutely. Oh yeah, because I've done that a long, lot of times, and I've gotten bad results. But I've learned, I guess I've learned more now how to depend on the Word of God first, so He can direct me to those people. So that way, if I did happen to so need someone to talk to, or I needed for help, He will say, "Okay, the Holy Spirit will guide me and tell me, okay, you can ask so and so." Well, maybe some people are not in that place to understand that. So you're right; they do have to be careful who they're venting to because as a 
single parent, you need to vent. There's a lot yeah. held up inside yeah. of there, and you have to vent. You have to find someone that wants to hear you and don't say, oh, gosh, that's a lot. I don't want to hear all of that. Right. But listen and have compassion and say, well, oh, my gosh, what can I do now to help this person? And this is where we're bringing that change, where we're bringing change to our communities, to the nation, where we can help single parents because in order to help, in order to even break the cycle, we have to first go in and detail what's going on to help them so that by transforming their minds, first of all, to understand that I can come out of this thing because I always felt that I couldn't. I oh, I was a cycle person. I mean, I was just always going through it until I really learned who I was in the word of God, who I was created to be and who I am in the image and likeness of him. That means when I found that out, I'm like, are you still, oh, this is who I am? Okay, now it's going to finally change yes. because now I have access to everything. Nothing is supposed to be unstoppable to Limitless. me. And, and even my children should never lack. Because the word of God says he's never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging for bread. And he said he will supply all my needs. So when I learned those scriptures, I'm like, wait a minute. So why, am I, why was I lacking all this time? Okay, so now we're going to change this. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing. We're going in to help other single parents to change that. And I love what you said. You're now going and helping them to change the wealth because just think about it. Being a single parent, you want to you wanna travel to Rome, to Italy. You want to take your children to these places to discover the world. But as a single parent, you have to worry about paycheck to paycheck. I'm barely trying... Single parents are barely trying to get to the next paycheck and even the next paycheck still can't fulfill after the first paycheck. So we, we were breaking that because we when you can't enjoy life, it like you said, it's a depression. It puts you in depression. It puts you in sadness. You know, it'll put you in a place that suicidal thoughts come. All these different things come. Murder. You have murder going on. You have rape. You have all these different things that are taking place um, because of that. And like you said, money is a source. It's a source. We need it. We cannot do without it. If you sit and say, well, uh, I'm fine. What I no, I am not fine. I need that source. Yes. I want to help single parents. I want to build complex for them. I want to say, okay, let me pay this person's rent um, this month or supply their groceries this month. I'm going to do that if I don't have the source. So, of course, we need the resources to help them right. and you know you were talking earlier about um being independent i want to go back to that because um a lot of times because we had to be single parents we become so independent to the point we re don't even realize when someone good come we actually push them away because we have gotten too too dependent of saying i don't need and there's this saying a lot of times today that i hear um, people say, well, I don't need no man. I could do this by myself. No, it's not that you don't need a man. It's just <laughs> it's just that you God created us for relationships. So if no matter how we walk around and say, oh, I don't need a man, that's a lie, you know. But 
there's there might be a time you're gonna be single and work on yourself and get yourself equipped because you gotta work on you first Absolutely. and the moment you start working on you everything starts to come Absolutely. the right relationships start to come the right resources start to come everything because your energy whatever you kicking out that's what you're pushing away and yeah. that's something i had to learn too because i didn't realize the type of energy i was carrying and i thought well this is the way i'm supposed to be and i realized that the more i start pouring this word and emptying out those bad thoughts those 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 mindset i had of that poverty mindset i had yes. i realized it's sources yes. started coming i don't live i mean i can manage i i'm taking care of my children i don't need or lack or want because now it's starting that energy is starting to emanate and bringing pulling everything that i need and i think that's the one important thing alima that we as single parents have to realize we have to work on ourselves because we give so much out to our children to the fact we don't realize that we're left empty and that's not good that's another thing i had to learn as a single parent i have to fulfill i have to fill me back up because the more you go empty then you can't you can't bring the children up like you need to. Right. And especially when you're raising a household with a lot of children, it it's a lot to do. It is, it's a lot. So I and have such a- causes anger, cause, and then like yes. out at them. It's a whole cycle. Mm-hmm. Yes. So one of the key factors is learning how to work on ourselves. Like you said, you knew you had a temper you know but you've worked on it you've been working on it we have to work on those areas for us i'm not there yet i'm i don't know i know i'm just saying working on it you know working on those things we know that is there there's things that i have about myself i'm still working on but i recognize it that it's there and once we recognize it and we start working on it and allowing god to come in i'm telling you the 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 word that he does is beyond because he said he will heal the broken heart and bind yes. up their emotional wounds. Yes. So any yes. brokenness we have from past relationship, any wounds that's still unhealed, he's wanting to help us. And and the thing is when he, those things are healed in us, like I said, we have better relationships mm-hmm. and we have better resources and we have better doors opened up for us. We even begin to see different. The light now starts to shine, yes. you know? Yes. So I'm because grateful you see for things differently. You're very like now you can get a, a clear path. You can yes. same plan. But before we were more reactive. We weren't proactive. Yes. We we're reacting to life and all of the obstacles that are in our way. Yes. So that's right. Go over, around, under. However we're gonna get through those, but we have to be able to talk about the problems so that we can now come up with a vision, so we can come up with a game plan, so that we can get from here to here. It's not that you can't, it's what's limiting you. And let's work on that. Yes, come come on. <laughs> I lived this life. <laughs> I've, been, I've been on this plan for 45 years. This didn't happen overnight. You get what I'm saying yeah. to you? Come on, I'm in my forest so I know. <laughs> yes, yes, I have to share these experiences because you know what? Um, there's another saying that talks about your gifts are not for you. Mm-hmm. Like all of these things, like, yes, you you got your bumps and bruises, but those were lessons in your life. 
And yes. then go back and share those lessons with your community. Go back and share them because we don't all have to trip and fall the same way. That's right. We're all going to have our obstacles. We're all going to have our problems because mm-hmm. life is not without problems. But if I can save you from this problem, yes, I'm here to help you. Yes. <laughs> yes. I am. I'm here to help you. Yes. It's so true. And that's the same thing I always tell my children. Because, you know, sometimes our children think, oh, my gosh, mom always this. But we just want you not to have experienced some of the things you should not experience. And like you said, you're going to go through some situations where you're going to have to fend for yourself. But to allow them not to go through those cycles that we went through. Because I could sit, I can never sit here and say I was perfect. Oh, no. I was a horrible person. I would tell you, I I was the type of person that... I would tell you off, your mother off. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I understand that temper. (laughs) So I've been brought a long way. I've learned, I mean, there's a lot I had to learn. And now that I've learned it, like the Bible said in Isaiah 61, he called us now, he called us out into light now to go and save those. Mm -hmm. We now found light. We are light now because we can see better. And because now that we are light, now Mm -hmm. we have to go back and get those that are still in the darkness and bring them out. You know, we're not going to just, oh, we're in light now and we forget everyone right. else. God hold us accountable for right. that. He said it right here. Mm-hmm. He called us to go and bring those deserted places like you're doing. You're going back into the community to build. But not only to build, but to build their mindset, yes. to understand how they can uplift themselves and they can come out of these situations and Absolutely. still become stabilized in their money, in their wealth. They can gain in their wealth. health. Because, I mean, yes. wealth is more than money. I mean, it's mm-hmm. all in all the areas in your life, including spiritual. Absolutely. I mean, it's very important. So, I mm-hmm. mean, what you're doing, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's so important for us to build finances, you know, because, you know, so we can take better care of ourselves, so we can take better care of our children, so we can do a lot of different things in our community as well. Um, because I know, you know, in order to go and help us well, we need the finances. And the more we transform our mind, I love, again, I will go back onto that. You talked about reading. It's something I always tell my children, read, read, read. I know when my children was growing up, their punishment was to read. Their punishment was to write vocabulary words and find the meaning. Mm-hmm. Their their punishment was to write sentences. I will not do this. I will. And it, <laughs> and it helped. You know, they didn't understand how much that's going to help them. Reading right. is so, and that's something that I never used to do. So I'm not going to sit here and say that I used to read, read. I'm more now reading than I've ever done in my whole entire life. So what before we even go what is something that you um would like to say to single parents that are out there and that right now may be going through a situation um financially what would you say to them i would say identify the areas in your life that are the hardships and the reason why i say that is because You can't fix a problem until you realize what the problem is. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, in small business, I I said the same thing. You might know that this is not where you want to be. It might be a feeling. It might be hardship. Whatever it um, displays 
it, the way it displays in your life, it doesn't actually tell you what the core of the problem is. So if you can identify where the problems are, then you can start working to fixing those things. And, um, but I, I, can't, I can't say it's any one thing. I would say identifying the issues. I would say asking for help. And, um, you know, personally, I'm available. Like, um, I have a website out there. My, my phone number is on there. My email address is on there. Like, if you just need help coming up with a vision or coming up with a game plan, whatever that looks like, ask for help. Because it's not always easy to identify the root of the problem. But, um, and then the other thing is, we talked about reading. There is different ways to consume information. Like, all of these books now, there are ebooks, there are uh, audio books. I personally like uh, Kindle because um, I have a um, the Echo Dot Alexa. Um, so some of the books that are tougher for me to read because it's for whatever reason it's not keeping my attention. You know, sometimes <laughs> you read and you start falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but if like if I have the actual Kindle, like um, Alexa will read the book. And then I can kind of follow along. Or like if I'm listening to it, I can go back and highlight, the, you know, the things that are important lessons that I need to apply. So, you know, uh, it's, it, it's not always easy to change our behavior and our habits. Mm -hmm. But I think step by step, bit by bit, you know, and, you know, just be creative in, in how, how you um, start to change those habits. Because, I mean... I've been on a diet for 20 years. <laughs> I, I know. Matter of fact, my, my weight is going in the opposite direction. <laughs> so, and I say that to say, I say that to say that I know that it's not always easy to change the behavior. But, you know, just be creative about how you can do it. It doesn't have to torture you. Like, like I said, um, I didn't always read, and I do read a lot. But some of those tougher books, you know, I have a tool and I can listen. I can listen while I'm walking. I can highlight it in my Kindle version, you know, so that's, that's the advice that I would give. What is one of the greatest lessons that you have learned, Helena, um, of overcoming um, being a single parent? Um, name just one thing that really, really helped you and that you have learned um, going from being a single parent to being triumphant over everything that you've encountered as a single parent and where you are now? I will say the biggest lesson that I learned is I am in my own way. It is all around mindset. And, I'll, and the reason why I say that is because, yes, I learned a lot of things in my 20s that I was able to apply into my life. And I felt like I was on this great path. And then, you know, I stumbled and, and um, I stumbled for a little while and then I was able to, to get back on track. But um, I recent, so in 2015 is when I did the real estate investing education. And so like 15, 16, 17 and 18, yeah, and 18 were all years of, like, me trying to figure things out, you know, mm -hmm. in a different way. 
And once I was able to go back to work in 2019 and like get recover my income and, you know, get back on the right path, um, I told you credit is very important to me. I was so like I, I got back on track with a mortgage and then my next uh, my next goal was the credit. Right. And so they had cut off all my credit cards. And my goal was to, you know, pay every dime of that off because I don't I didn't know another way. Yes. And so um, I have I had already been introduced to the group and in the group there are these different resources for different areas in your life, right? And one of them being credit. And so they were like, well, you know, talk to the credit guy, see what he advises, like, you know, what what kind of game plan he can help you with. And so I called the credit guy and he was like, look, I'm, I typically do not advise people to file for bankruptcy, but your situation specific. And, and that's what I like about the, the group because it's not like a one size fits all. Yes. Oh, I am looking at you, your numbers, where you are. He was like, you need a do-over. He told me. (laughs) Not to cut you, but you know, I like that he said that because in life we need someone that's going to be real and not just pretty it up and say, oh, let's see if we can do this. No, 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 no. You need a do-over, you know? No, he kept it Completely 100, but the, I mean, like, but that's what help looks like. You yes. know what I'm saying? It, uh-huh. It's always easy to hear what people are saying because, <laughs> you know, we can sometimes take offense to it. Yes. But either way, <laughs> like, some, sometimes if, if you don't, it's going to fester like a sore. Yes. You know, you have to kind of figure out what the problem is and, and, and be honest and listen to what's being said. Anyway, he said, you need to do over. And he told me file for bankruptcy, and I was like, absolutely not. No, I didn't tell him that. But I, in my mind, that's what I was saying. Absolutely not. And so, um, and so, and and he's a, he's a credit expert, and yes. he's not telling me stuff that he hasn't been through. Mm, and yes. he legitimately brings people from three hundred to the eight hundred. Why? Because he's very specific in what he does. You get what I'm saying to you? Yes. And not just like. Oh, give me some money and I'll take some things off your credit report. No, like he, like he was telling, like he get, he goes into the details of how yes. this works and how. Either way, neither neither here nor there. I was like, no, I I, I didn't want to do it, right? Yes. So I called my creditors and um and I'm looking to settle my debt, N- not settle to pay it because I settled the first time, remember? But when they settled, they put all of that on your credit report that it was settled, not completely paid off. So I said, I want to pay it off. You know, what can we work out? And then they were like, well, you know, we can settle. And I said, no, 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 I want I want to pay it off. But I can't pay it off. I need to pay it off over time. So what can we work out? Well, the creditors had already sold the debt. Mm-hmm. And so there's money in it for the collection agencies because the difference between what they sold it, I mean, what they bought yes. it, whatever. So anyway, so so they had already bought and sold the debt. And so that's why the guy was telling me just do a do-over whatever yeah i was so stubborn because of what i thought Mm -hmm. i didn't know i thought this and i was in my own way even after all of those lessons that i had learned throughout life and you know i had gotten myself to a good place i am still in my own way listen when someone talks to you listen to them so anyway so um 
He says, well, you know, you can pay half and then pay the balance off in a, um, within six months to a year. We're talking about $25,000. I'm sorry. <laughs> the year to begin with and now you're telling me <laughs> and, and, and i don't just owe you i owe everybody <laughs> you know what i'm saying too so like i'm i'm thinking that i'm doing the right thing you know because it it a lot of it was ego and then a lot of it was guilt right yes. and so what i thought i knew no i didn't know i didn't know and so either way i called the credit guy back and i was like i'm ready <laughs> <laughs> and that was in November. That was yes. no, 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 no. I think we filed in October. We filed in October, and it yes. was discharged in March. And in January, I kind of like um, looked at my 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 um my budget all over again. Yes. And I, like realigned all of my stuff because I mean financial hardships. I mean, sorry, financial hardships and recovery does not have to be painful. But, you know, yes. I had established some good habits in the past. And so once I was able to reapply those good habits, like, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you, I put a, a good chunk of change in the bank every month. So yeah. I'm rebuilding. But the point is, I was, I'm in my own way. And yes. so when yes. people who have results and people who are willing to help you and talk to you and, you know, help you fix your issues, Listen to them. Yes. So oh, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> I can attest. I've been in my own way for so long and stubborn. So I, I, I really like that. And I hope that, you know, everyone hears that. There's one more question I, I want to ask you be, um, before we go. And I know it's going to touch a little bit of home, but I'm around people where I've seen them encounter this. And, and I know it's tough, especially as a single parent losing a child how did you deal with that and today how do you still deal with it how what are I your my child. i lost my mom my child oh, your mom my oh, your mom i'm so sorry mm -hmm. forgive me i don't know why i'm like your child okay no worries, no worries. i'm sorry no because i did talk about my daughter she was in the mm -hmm. hospital for like yes yeah. okay so um we see a lot of parents but even if you didn't we'll still talk about it because you lost your parent um you have single parents that lose their children and um it hurts i've worked around a young lady as well that lost her um her her both of her parents and it was very traumatic to her she was a single parent so how did you deal with that and how did you overcome it and how are you now today with that situation so I'll say this, um, anytime you experience loss, period, get help for it. I, you know, earlier in the conversation when we were, when I, when I shared about losing my mom, I said it was one thing after the other. So it was, first it was the big fight with the contractor. Then it was my daughter. Then it was my mom. And I have been so strong and I use that word very loosely because just because you are kind of powering through it does not mean that you are dealing with it and unresolved issues fester and become bigger problems so i like i said it was like all of this stuff back to back to back to back to back i swear it was 
2011. Because my mom passed in 2011. So, and then my daughter was still in the hospital. And then after that, it was a big fight with the school. So it didn't stop with my mom. And the reason why I say that, say it this way is because in 2011, I, I didn't lose, I, I, I was still working. And for whatever reason, I fell off my habits. And I stopped paying my bills. Like, I would, the money would come in. I wouldn't shop and go, you know, I wouldn't shop with it. I don't know what I was doing. I, and I, and I say that I was operating in a fog because I was powering through everything. I still showed up to work and I still showed up. I, I, I was showing up for everyone else, but me. Mm-hmm. And because I didn't deal with any of this stuff, one day I was in my bedroom and like, there was no space on my floor. I had piles of paper, cause like I, I do, I keep a lot of paper. Um, I had piles and I had nowhere to stand. And then when I looked at it, all of a sudden the light came on. And I said that this is a reflection of my life right now. Like everything had piled up and now mm. has nowhere to go. That's and good. so, um, that was the that was the first counselor that I sought out, and the reason why I said I had stopped paying my bills, and like then I talked about the mess, is because that was the first time I had to call my mortgage company to figure out. Now I, that wasn't like a foreclosure or anything like that. Like I had I, I got behind in the bills, and then um, like they kind of did something with the finances or whatever behind the scenes, and they lowered my interest rate. I mean, so it was a good and a bad thing, but either way. They lowered the interest rate, and so I went from paying like twenty four, twenty two or twenty four hundred dollars a month to now paying like sixteen hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And but um, but I was just in a fall, you know what I mean? Like, but I had to talk about all of those things. I, I had to talk about you know the pain. I had to talk about like the experience and you know how it is affecting me. Yeah. So, um, talking, I don't think just talking to anyone, (coughs) because there's grief in there. You know what I'm saying to you? And so you have to deal with the grief because otherwise it's going to become a, a, it's going to show in a different way in your life. Mm -hmm. So where, where would you say that you are now today with that grief? Because I mean, I've, I, I can't say I've experienced, but there's single parents I've seen um, that may lose a child, may lose parent, and it, it affects them a lot. I mean, like I said, I've watched someone at my job. She lost both parents, one and then the next one. And she all, she started to lose herself. Mm-hmm. She was just like you said, she was coming, she was just showing up, but she was not there, yes. you know? Yes. And, and, I was able to pray her through and talk to her and, you know, just be there for her. Um, I remember when it first happened, she called me um, late at night, about two in the morning. Um, and I've seen other people as well, not just her, mm-hmm. um, that lose someone, um, especially in a single parent. I've seen a lot of single parents encounter that. And um, it, it's a lot to deal with, especially when it, it takes a place in your in, in your life now. And um, what would you say to a single parent that have 
lost someone in their life that's dear, like a parent or a child, mm -hmm. uh, what would you say? Um, because you know, you didn't let that stop you. Uh, of course, it it, it, it was a, a foggy time in your life. And what woke you up from that? How did you come up out of that foggy time? And what would you tell a single parent how to get over, not get over, but how to get to that place and still kind of carry it? Because of course, it's something we'll always carry. It's never going to leave, but how to manage in life around it? And how did you come out of that foggy place? Mm -hmm. So um, I already told you that I did the, the counseling. That was the first mm -hmm. part. And then um, honor the person. And when I say honor the person, I mean, so for me, when I look at what happened with my mom, this part is not easy because, you know, um, she contributed to it. Yes. So, and not always does the person contribute to it, but in, in her case, she died of colorectal cancer. And she was with this doctor for a long time, at 20 plus years. And they kind of had their in-house thing. And I mean, like, there's a building and they had like labs there. And, you know, the thing is, she was heavy too. I mean, heavy like me, not like, um, but either way, she was heavy too. And, um, she had a couple of instances with this particular doctor that were red flags. Get away from this person. Get away from them. And so she she um, she had this thing that had grown on her leg, um, and it was from one of the medicines that the doctor had prescribed to her. It had like burnt the leg, burnt her. Um, mm. her chest, and like she went back to the doctor and she says, You know, um, this this medication, like, I, I think it's more harm than good. And she says, No, no, just take it, just take it, just take it, whatever. And, um, it it really did some damage. Like, I have pictures of it. She, she, it, it, it had a really wow. good, so that was a red flag. And I thought that she had left that doctor, but like I said. Our conversation, uh, our um, relationship was intermittent, intermittent at that time, and so, um, so then when she na she now was having some kind of health issue, and it was going on for two years. So, mm. like, we had stopped speaking once, and then she had lost a significant amount of weight in that time. But in a um, two or three year period, I can't remember off the top of my head right now. In a two or three year period. She had been to the doctor, her doctor, more than 38 times. Wow. My God. And I only know that because, like, uh, I was going to try and sue the doctor after all of everything happens. And, of course, I'm not going to get a response from the doctor. But if your insurance pays for everything, they, there's a record of all of the visits. So that's how I know because I got the uh, records from the insurance company. In that period of time, she went to the doctor over 38 times. That means that something is going on with you. And when I said she contributed to the issue, I mean, she trusted her doctor. You get what I'm saying to you? Yeah. She, didn't, she didn't go get another opinion somewhere. somewhere. Like, whatever was happening with her, 
was happening and instead of instead of um, seeking help somewhere else to see what really is going on she was like I you know I trust this person and she really put her life in their hands and so that's why I said she contributed to it but um, you know what caused the problem did they contribute to it but then honor the good stuff about them remember the good stuff about them share the good stuff about them um, and where I am today I can talk about my mom you get what I'm saying to you yes like I laugh about some of the the stuff that we've experienced yes you know I look back about some of the hardships we went through in our relationship but I I focus on my relationship with her like I honor yes. her. you know she made me who I am and even if it's your kids like they contribute something to your life you know what I mean mm -hmm. and so you know focus on the healthy part of them like the the, the good things that they brought yes. to your life and the good lessons they they've uh, helped you learn and learn from the stuff that they kind of contributed to their own problems. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I, I can now talk about her. You know, it, it, it wasn't always easy because, I mean, like, that's my mother. Yes, that's right. But, um, and, and I talk to my, I talk to my aunt now a lot. And we talk about, you know, some of her stubbornness. But we laugh and we talk about her. You know, and we... Just focus on the good. Yes. Well, Alina, I, you've, <laughs> I've learned a lot today. I heard a lot from you. You've, you're, you're yeah, such an inspiration. <laughs> you're such an inspiration. Um, I'm so grateful that I was able to cross paths with you. Um, God always have a divine time for the right connection um, or the right people in your life. That's something I always pray for. And I so appreciate you and what you're doing and the value that you're bringing into our community and also to the people around you as well. I, I so appreciate you. So before we go, if you can tell everyone um, your website, and your information and also if you can post it on my page I am a triumphal butterfly um, so they can have more information on how you can assist them uh, with bringing them into wealth because this is a very important topic um, that we need to talk about um, sometimes we're scared to because we feel as though it's no need but it's time for us to encounter our wealth Absolutely. you know it's time for us to encounter it to the fullest so um, if you can tell them how to get your information your website and also so if you could, whenever you're finished, you can put it on my page so that they'll know, have it the link as well. Absolutely. I just look at me as a resource. You know, I am here for my community. Like I said, all of these things that I've experienced, these books, they are not for me. They are for me to share with you so that um, you too can, you know, turn turn these things around. Um, my website is middleclasstowealthy.com. Um, and uh, my Instagram is on there. My Facebook is on there. I have a Facebook group, and that's where we kind. Of, I put a lot of resources out there. Um, I have a podcast, Middle Class to Wealthy. It's um, on Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor. You know, wherever you get your podcast information, it's out there. 
Um, my email address is on my website. My phone number is on the website. So, you know, if you need anything, if it's questions, if you want to get pointed in the right direction, if you want to try and partner with me, like, I am mm-hmm. here for all of it. Because I think that, uh, you know, we need to be able to collaborate. Right. That's right. Let companies, big business, compete. But when we compete, we compete to our detriment. So mm-hmm. we need to collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. And if that's just like working on a plan, talking about things, bringing issues to light so that, you know, um, what did they say? Something festering darkness. So, no, bring everything to light. We're going to fix all those problems. And That's right. Um, I have time, and if I don't have time, I'll definitely put you on my schedule. But, you know, I can be reached on that website. And I'll put it on your page. Yes, thank you so much, Elena. I appreciate you. And um, I'm beyond right now. Well, <laughs> I saw so the same way. Like, we've talked, we've talked, and, you know, I am, and I am inspired by your story. I am grateful for everything that you're doing and what you're bringing to the community. You know, we didn't have this when we were growing up, you know, and Mm -hmm. so I am glad that you have put this together so that, you you know, yes, we are headed in the right direction. You know, just like I had to be able to identify the issues in my in my life so I can fix them. This Mm -hmm. group identified the problem within our community. So have I. And so now we have to put in the work. Yes, yes. Coming together. It's so important. We're we have to come together to make that to change the generation. One person can't do it by ourselves. And and that's what this is all about. And not only that, for someone may play this video later on. I'm not about numbers. I'm about change. I'm about transformation. And someone may play this video later and hear about your story of how you overcome or what you went through, because a lot of times we, we tell a story, but how did you come out of it? You know, you, yes. you can tell your testimony, but what did you do after the testimony? Yes, yes, we yes. don't want to hear your testimony. You're still stuck there because yes. then you're not helping. You know, I have, even though I hear your story, I need to know what did you do after the story? What, what changes have you made? Uh, and it's, it's so important that we know the change because then it's going to help someone else and, Absolutely. and someone else's life. And I appreciate you so much, Elena. And I'm going to pray us out because I love to pray. I can pray all day. <laughs> yeah, because I was on the spot the first time. I'm like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> so guess what? If you come on this platform and you don't pray, you're going to be praying. <laughs> <I'm lying. laughs> but it's good when we could come together with great people because we, we empower each other. The Bible says iron sharpeneth iron. So you're sharpening me, I'm sharp, we're sharpening each other in yes. areas where we may be low. So I appreciate you. So I will pray us out and we will go. And I thank you again. I appreciate you, awesome woman of God, queen, you know, a jewel to the nation. Thank you so much. I always say jewel to the nation because we are not just gonna be in the community. We're going yes. nation. Yes. I'm yes. speaking and I consistently decree that over everyone's life we're going to the nation so father we thank you so much as we enter into this wonderful this wonderful show we've had today with your daughter helena 
I thank you so much for just allowing our path to cross today. And I thank you so much for all of her gifts that she has brought forth today, sharing her testimonies and how she's overcame situation and circumstance. And she's speaking to the nation so that they can understand as a single parent, you're never stuck. And we just thank you for her life. We thank you for her strength. We thank you for her wisdom, her knowledge, and her understanding that you've given unto her. And I pray, Father God, that as she continues to go forth, that you will open doors for her. For your word says, if she asks, she shall receive. If she seeks, she shall find. If she knock, the doors will be open. We thank you for the doors that are opening in this season for her. We thank you for everything that she's seeking, she will find. We thank you for supplying her needs for her business adventure, Father God, and that many will be empowered from what she brings to the table with this gift that you have implanted in her before she was even conceived in her mother's womb. And we thank you for her life. We thank you for divine connection over her life. And we speak and decree and declare that no weapon formed against her shall prosper. And every tongue that rise against her in judgment, you will condemn in the name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you so much for all that you've done for us and yet still doing in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 I need to get some skills right there. <laughs> I need to put that on my list. <laughs> I'm, oh, always a, I'm always a phone call away. Yes, and I will be calling you. So. Uh, but Please. thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you too. I love you. Have a good day, hon. Okay. Have a great day. Bye.